Stay golden. Hurricane. Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast. We are a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane Athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. I'm at Rectine and Tulsa pulled off a nail biter against USF this past weekend, winning by a single point that they uh, didn't get even that one point lead until the last 47 seconds of this game. Uh, This is one that I was not expecting to be as much of a challenge as it was, but that's kind of what happens when you throw a bunch of costly turnovers in the middle of the second quarter and also give up a kick return for a touchdown. Yeah, it was a tough one. Like I, the thing that sticks out to me right off the bat is just the, the difference between total yardage and the score in this game and why, right? And the, the reason why is absolutely the turnovers. The total yardage here is just amazing. So South Florida had 13 first downs. We had 31, right? South Florida had 113 rushing yards. We had 269, and then USF had 155 passing yards, and we had 266. That is 268 total yards for USF. We had 535 total yards, and we won by one point, right? Why is that? Turnovers, like we mentioned already, we had three of them in this game. One of them, a pick six, which is obviously going to hurt you pretty bad all the time. Uh, We had another uh, interception thrown, uh, picked off by Dwayne Boyles, and then there was a fumble recovery really early in the game, I think in the second quarter sometime, by Anthony Watkins, and that was recovered by Antonio Greer. And I got to say, like, this this Antonio Greer, Tony, I think he goes by, Tony Greer, um, absolutely defensive player of the game for USF, had the pick six and the fumble recovery, uh, made the honor roll for, like, the conference defensive, you know, just the, you know, other standout players this week had they won that game the reason he didn't get player of the week is they lost right you're not going to get player of the week to a to a team that loses they won absolutely like there's no there's no question he's he's player of the week uh in the american because man just a huge game from him um and that was the difference in it you know if you turn the ball over three times you're not going to win a lot of those games uh what did usf turn it over at all did they throw a pick or fumble or anything uh, on that special teams play right before oh, the end of the first yes, half. Yes, of course. Yeah, big one, big one. Special teams play. Yeah. So that yeah, that's and that was a huge game changer, right? Like without that, we don't win that game. Uh, that was more than that likely. was the momentum. Like that set of like three plays sandwiched there. Mm-hmm. Like you have the field goal, the punt, or the kick return, fumbled, recovered, and then immediately a, a touchdown to Sam Crawford. Like that. Yep is what changed the game. Yeah. Huge momentum shift taking a, you know, that made it what a a three point game going into half or five or something Uh, like that. Four point right in the middle. Four point. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Oh, was it 24 to 20? Is that what the, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Halftime score. Yeah. That was, yeah, just, just huge. I think, um, if I remember it right, it was, uh, Tyree Carlisle, the first year, I think he's like a sophomore transfer corner forced that fumble and then a walk on hunt. I don't know. I see the, the problem with, um, not being, a media member is I don't hear these people say them say their names in person. So I don't know how to say this guy's last name. It's either Rangel or Rangel, I assume. But Hunter, I'm gonna go with Rangel. Uh 
walk on recovered this fumble and then on the uh like the last drive of the game where usf's trying to go kick a field goal and win he made that tackle at the end of that game like on that kickoff return tackled the uh, brian batty whoever for usf returning it and it like had he not like it he was it was him and like maybe one other guy could have made that play otherwise he goes for way longer maybe not a touchdown but at least gets way more yards and all they needed was a field goal obviously we were only up by one at that point and so if they get further down the field on the kick return all of a sudden we're looking at a potential field goal uh, to lose, right? And so huge couple plays there by a walk-on guy who honestly I had not heard his name this entire season so far. So very cool to see that from him. Um, some other thing, like the the big, I think some other big notes about this game, like we were, and, and Philip Montgomery talked about this a little bit too, but we were just, just beat up on offense and defense uh, in, in terms of injuries coming into the game. Daenerys Prince finally came back, which is very nice, had a good game. Um, he was, I think, also, was he? No, he was on the honor roll as well. Him and Shamari Brooks both made the American Conference honor roll this week for their 100-plus yard game. So he was back, which is great. But also on offense, we're missing Keelan Stokes again. And then on defense, you're missing three starters. So Cullen Wick on the line he was out and then both of our starting safeties that is not good Kendarren Ray one of our best overall players on this team and then Christian Williams the other starting safety also extremely good player are all out so I think you know Jace Oliver has gotten some good playing time so he comes in at safety which is I think he's a solid player and then I think the other starting safety was LJ Wallace who we've only seen like two or three times this season mostly on like special teams you know he doesn't get in there on defense that often and when we've seen him was like the first game against uc davis because everybody was out that game and maybe like one or two other times i remember seeing him in there at all like he's not in there consistently so you're missing these guys and it's like uc davis think back to the uc davis game when you're missing these players there's no like you know you can say next man up and and whatever and and that is partially true but it's going to have a huge impact on your team when you're not expecting them to be out you know they both those Kendarren Ray and Christian Williams I think both played last game uh Kendarren Ray definitely did that's when he got hurt I don't know what what the deal is with Christian do you remember that by the way while we're talking about him what what his injury is or was Mm -mm. yeah so I'm pretty sure he played last game too so to have basically a week or less of prep for for LJ Wallace to come in uh, and and be, get the start, it's tough. And I think he did a fine job. I don't remember him, anything you know dramatic happening that involved him on any play. Um, but thank God for the bye week this week because man, like three three starters on defense, one of them with a significant injury, and the other two, I'm not sure how bad the injuries are. Uh, Kendarren Ray with a significant one for sure. Uh, they need the time to rest up and settle back in. And now we get to take a win into the bye week. We're on a two-game win streak, coming off the win over Memphis uh, for homecoming, and now we've got the win over South Florida uh, going into the week off. So it's always good taking some positivity and momentum into a bye, but uh, it sucks that we've got all these guys out. But, hey, at least it's the bye week now. Yeah, this seems like it came kind of at a perfect time. Uh, Let us reset. And, I mean, right now, so we're, what, three and four through seven games this so far this year yep and i was reading through um and it'll only happen to have tulsa on there because um bill Connolly was talking about uh like 11 and 1 utap or something and fortunately tulsa is right up in there for win probabilities and so he his model has tulsa projected to go bowling at like 60.2 percent nice i think it's like a 30 percent chance that we win or 40 percent chance that we win six games like an 18 percent chance that we win seven games 
um and then like a one percent chance that we win eight games somehow um, yeah we would have to win out right there's only four games mm-hmm. left yeah uh there's five but yeah oh navy yep i've skipped over yeah. navy and i was looking at the thing yep yeah but so i mean there's still this is oh but still, still that would be yeah that's all the games yeah so yeah this is a team that still has potential we just need to like play dangerously close to you know the team that hasn't beat an fbs school in 764 days i think as of monday mm-hmm. um so yeah we need to take this time to maybe focus on special teams focus on yeah, not please. turning the ball over because our net success rate was like point seven percent like we were 70 percent better on you know having successful conversions and plays on this game um which you know is just kind of a useful meter of like how much you outplayed your opponent and we saw that from just the total yardage that we already talked about like how much we blew them out of the water and we won by one point like we would have easily had the worst loss of the entire week seven if we had lost this game based on how much we outplayed them and it's because we're not um you know playing i don't want to say conservatively but we're like giving away points and that needs to stop yeah two things on that so i'll start with uh usf and their schedule and how good they get good or bad they are so you're you're right they are not a good team i think in sp plus uh they i just had that pulled up let me pull it up again sp plus they are number 116 out of 130 so not a premier team by any means however i do think they are a lot better than Obviously, then their record shows, you know, they haven't won a game this year outside of their FCS team, but they did beat their FCS team. I'm going to do this to myself here. They did one better than we did. Then outside of that FCS game, they have played. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to find a G5 team that's played a tougher schedule, except for like, you know, we're up there. Tulane is up there. I don't know anybody else who's played a tougher one. They opened the season with two with a road game at at North Carolina State. They got blown out 45-0. Then they go, they host Florida, comes to Raymond James Stadium, lose by 22. Uh, So they lost to Florida by less than they lost to NC State. Very odd, but it was at home. So then they go, you know, they get a home game against an FCS team. They win that by by quite a bit. So that's nice. And then they're, you know, the, the game of the season for them so far was on the road at BYU, and they almost won this game. They lost by one score, 35 to 27. And that's a good BYU team. I mean, I know, I think they just got beat pretty bad by Baylor, uh, but they're a solid team. I mean, they were ranked when they played them. That's not a joke of a team at all. Uh, and they played them really close and came back, almost had them, had them on the ropes at the end of that game. They go on the road again after the BYU almost win and they take on SMU. SMU freaking smoked them. So uh, that one, that one's kind of tough. And then they play us pretty close um, at home, you know, obviously in Tampa. So it's a tough schedule for the Bulls. And yeah, they haven't won a game in like 700 or whatever, how many days you said, Matt. But, uh, you know, if they're playing, you know, had they played some Conference USA, Sunbelt, MAC teams or something instead of Florida and NC State and BYU or whatever, you got to think they would have probably pulled off one or two of those. Um, so I, I'm not saying this was a great win for Tulsa. It, it wasn't. I mean, it, this was a game that we absolutely needed to win or, or the walls were going to fall down and uh, we might see an early exit from Montgomery. Probably not. I'm still, I still kind of doubt that that would ever happen. But there, I mean, the fact that his contract goes through January 2022, they're not going to make any decision before they, mm-hmm. uh, before that ends, just to avoid the buyout. 
yeah, probably true. Um, so yeah, and this this was absolutely a game that 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 he needed to win, that that we needed to win to take another bye week for any chance of a bowl game. And you're right, like we have that chance now. I mean, like you said, we got this bye, and then we have three extremely winnable games against teams who are inarguably worse than us so far this season in Navy, Tulane, and Temple. Navy definitely on the up right now, coming off a bad loss kind of to Memphis where a lot of people thought Navy had kind of turned it around um, after very – or I think they beat somebody big. Fuck, who am I? Memphis football schedule. They beat Mississippi State, right? No, that was Memphis. I'm talking about Navy. Oh. Oh. Oh, my God. And then I searched Memphis football schedule. That's why I was confused. Maybe I did say Memphis. Navy football schedule. Did they not beat UCF? Yes, that was it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so here's here's the deal with Navy. Like, a team that that started off very bad, got smoked by Marshall. A couple bad games in a row. Then they bench their uh, previous starting quarterback, Xavier Arline, and bring in Ty Lavatai. And that guy has tur- seemed to have turned them around. They beat UCF. They played SMU really close, a game that they probably maybe should have won. And everybody was like, wow, these guys, okay, they found their guy in Ty at quarterback. Um, and then they go and they lose to a team that we just beat in Memphis uh, by two scores. So interesting. But Navy definitely on the up, definitely a team we can still beat. And then outside of them, you've got a 1-5 two-lane team who has been the probably the disappointment of the league so far this season in terms of their you know like preseason expectation and, and how they've actually done. Uh, and a Temple team who's, who's still pretty bad. I mean, I think they might be a little bit better than I picked them at preseason, but I don't think they're a good team, and I think we are we are clearly the more talented group. So that's three games right there that you should win, and then you've got you know two more in SMU and Cincinnati that are going to be tougher for sure. Uh, but SMU's a team we can we can play with for sure. I mean, they, their defense is very bad. Their offense is very good. They turn it over kind of a lot, but that ha- they have a ton of firepower on that side. So. Um, that's winnable. Cincinnati, I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that that's a winnable game. They, just, they literally. I mean, any team they play, obviously they're undefeated. But like they're beating, outside of like these top ten teams that they're playing, uh, they are just smoking everybody. They just beat UCF by like forty or whatever, 30, 35 or something. UCF, I mean, they got their backup quarterback in there now with Mikey Keene. But I mean, that's still a team with a lot of like high ranking recruits and talent and a good. A generally a, a good head coach. I just couldn't believe that score, man. So, but outside of those two, you've got three extremely winnable games, and all of a sudden you're looking at a bowl game, and maybe Phil Montgomery sticks around for another year or two. I don't know. If we win six games, what happens, Matt? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I think it kind of depends how you win them. Like, yeah, maybe there's something to be said about not bringing back a coach that took you to a bowl game, but I feel like Tulsa has aspirations higher than just bowling every now and then. Uh, Cause we've been a successful program in the past. Like we've won, we won conference USA like two years before we left and we were kind of consistent. I mean, we have like 63 uh, conference championships in our history. So the fact that we're squeaking out some of these wins or losing games that we absolutely should not be losing uh, makes me think that, you know, going six and six is not going to be a guarantee that Philip comes back. I think mm-hmm. it kind of depends on does the team actually get better on stuff that we've kind of been really bad at so far this year. Like special teams does not progress. Um, like not saying it has to, if it regresses, I'm saying if we just nothing positive happens there, 
like that's an indictment on yeah like just what he's gonna do for us so i don't know i think it really depends uh on how we win as opposed to if we win it is just amazing to think about special teams you're right like that is that is such a big point i think you've got i mean you've got a fine kicker on the team who can kick field goals zach long he's actually doing great he's 100 percent on the year with field goals and extra points so shout out to him for that you've got uh, another fine kicker on the team who can get it to the end zone every time who seems like is slowly stepping his way into taking more and more kickoffs so that's that's good although i think it was his kickoff that got returned for a touchdown uh, against usf but that kick was into the end zone it wasn't like a short kick that we were like oh well they have to return this they just decided they were going to because our coverage is so bad so anytime that a team, not? yeah exactly anytime a team has literally any daylight at all i, I mean if i were them i would take it every time the problem is the coverage teams like and this is I don't know, obviously, what the it what the problem is. We have plenty of guys who can go out there and do it. I don't know if it's a will issue or just like it's just not coached. And so these guys kind of go out there and don't really know uh, what they're doing as well as they should or, or what. I don't know enough to, to talk about it, um, but it's just amazing to watch over and over again. We just get rolled. We got it, you know, another kick return touchdown. That's the third one this season we've given up. That's the, that, I mean, that's the most in the country probably by two touchdowns. I mean, I'll pull it up to, to double check, but I assume that's like, I, I doubt anybody's even threatening us there. Let me see. Uh, kick return. Defense. Go to the last page. where there we yeah okay so we have given up three okay so there are some teams that have given up two we are alone at three uh army wow surprisingly army has given up two southern miss has given up two and utah has given up two i remember utah was right there with us early in the season when we first talked about this and i think southern miss was too army coming out of nowhere but um yeah the special teams thing man it is just so so surprising to see and so frustrating it feels like a game it feels like part of the game that you really should be able to have some control over and we just have not so that's damning um and we gave up that one in the second quarter on that second quarter just an just an amazing quarter of bad football for tu tulsa gave up a fumble a pick six a normal interception and a kickoff return touchdown all that was all in the second quarter how does that oh my gosh how does that happen we were down 24 to 10 uh after all that was said and done and then like you said or 24 to 13 or whatever um and then like you said matt we forced that fumble right before halftime and changed the game a little bit got us some momentum going into the half and turn it around from there uh, but what a what a ridiculous second quarter something i do want to spend a little bit of time on is the interceptions for davis brent so Bryn has now thrown uh, the same number of interceptions as he has touchdowns, and I think that's been that way uh, for like a lot of the year. He's been, I think, surprisingly equal with those two. And I know it's his first year actually starting, um, you know, full games and everything, but it's getting concerning at this point. He force it seems like he forces a lot of throws, and I mean, even I remember when we were doing our season preview episode this year. I was looking back at the two lane game and talking about some of those throws and how some of them very, very nearly got picked off, like very close that none of them did. And it was like a magical game from him. But, you know, you could kind of see, you know, looking back on it now, you can see some of those forces in there and they made it through that game. But uh, we've seen a lot of them not make it through this season. And I wonder if he, you know, he's he's clearly an extremely confident guy. He got the awesome game against Tulane. 
Um, you see it in games. You see the reporters talking about how confident he is, which is good. I think that's a good thing, especially as a quarterback. Uh, but he forces a lot because of that. And he needs to clean it up because these two this game were just bad. They Both of them were just bad interceptions. The, the one that was a pick six was right to Tony Greer, right? Like just didn't see him, I guess. It was like not a crazy play, just threw it right to the guy. And then, he, you know, no touch running back on the way on the way home to the end zone. And then the other one was either an overthrow or an underthrow. There were like two guys crossing opposite directions. So it was either an overthrow to the guy that was crossing short or it was an underthrow to the guy that was crossing from the other side. Uh, but it, it wasn't really to either of them. So uh, not, not good. And, you know, obviously that one got picked off. Didn't get taken back for a touchdown. But it's just, you know, 10 interceptions, seven games into the season. That is tough, man. I mean, he's thrown for a lot of passing yards, but the interceptions are killing us. It's killing us. So I don't know. What are what do you think about Davis so far? How do you stand on him? So something that I kind of think is maybe he thinks he needs to take more uh, aggressive throws and force them because when he throws these easy throws right to his receivers, they drop them. Because <laughs> um, oh, a lot of that God. happens this week. That did. Uh, that's that's a good one to talk about too. Yeah. I mean, so you had like Josh Johnson, um, like five, had like four or five dropped. JC dropped a couple. Sam Crawford um, even dropped Crawford one. Crawford dropped one. Of the guys because, that I would never think to drop one. We even had Sam drop one. Yeah, and so many of these were good passes that, you know, weren't he wasn't forcing them. They were just open receivers. Uh, I think one of the Josh Johnson ones would have been a touchdown or at least real close to one. So, I mean, how much I feel like part of it is there's got to be a lack of confidence in your receivers actually holding on to these balls. Um, does now should that force you to throw even harder footballs? I mean, no, maybe I don't not, think. But I, I'm having trouble putting those two together. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like that <laughs> okay. they really shouldn't have anything to do with each other. But it's just more pressure on uh, on Davis here is kind of like because if he's not going to be able to hit open receivers and he's like, like he can hit them. They're not going to catch it. It's like all of a sudden, you know, he feels like maybe he's got to be the hero and start making these tough passes to get something going because all of a sudden what looked like a first down is now third and long That's or, fair. you know, stuff like that. And so, I mean, having that pressure on definitely doesn't help, but it shouldn't be like, I, yeah, I don't know. And I understand like quarterback is a very like the one of the hardest positions in all of sports that somebody can play because there's so many things you have to do. Um, But I mean, we don't need him to be the hero. We don't need him to be forcing these throws into tight window. And it's like not even that's like what you're saying. That's not even what was happening in this case. Like if we're talking like these throws are going into tight coverage and they're tipped and picked off, you know, that's one thing that's fine. It's just he's looked off on some of these throws. And so I wonder if it's part of it is just like a lot of pressure on him to make like perfect throws. And then he just slips up somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I we saw a bunch of forced bad throws against Houston, particularly because Houston was just a train wreck of a game across the board. But I think part of the blame in the Houston game was just the the Houston's defensive line just destroyed our offensive line all game long. So he was just getting blown up over and over again. And that was not really the case this game. I mean, he had some pressure on him. Sure. Like I remember um, 
on that touchdown pass at the end of the half, you know, when we are, when we make that throw, he got smoked in the face, uh, on that, on that throw. And so kind of threw it. That was Sam Crawford caught that in the end zone, right? It was him. That was his touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on that play, he got, he got, he got blown up and he, the throw looked kind of weird because of it, but it was still pretty much right on the money, like a great throw with while taking contact, knowing you're going to get hit. So, I mean, for all the times that he forces it in there under pressure when he shouldn't, Sometimes he does make these miraculous throws. I mean, just look at the two-lane game last year. Again, we've had some this season as well. So it's tough. I mean, I, I'm not – I would never uh, say that he shouldn't be the starter. I think he's clearly the most talented guy on the on the team, and I still think he's a, he's a big improvement over – over. Uh, uh, wow. Zach. What is his last – I'm blanking on his last name Smith? already. Holy shit. Yes. Wow, what the hell. Over Zach Smith. Um but man, like the, the the interceptions are just they're they're piling up, and so I think you know if I were to try to place it on something, I think it's just still that he's just you know he's he's still warming up, he's still getting the starting reps, he's still a relatively new starter. He's seven games into a season with him actually being the guy, and he's looked good, he's looked bad. I think it, it, I think it'll get more consistent over time, but I would I would definitely take him in a heartbeat uh, over over the situation from last year, which wasn't bad in itself, but I think he is definitely an improvement. In, overall in terms of talents and the arm talent that he has. Um, so before we move to players of the game and stuff, just some of the other uh, big plays to touch on. I think we, I think we got to a lot of them. Um, let's see. We talked about the Tyree Carlisle fumble. We talked about Josh Johnson and, and the drops. Uh, oh yeah. The fumble at the pylon, like at the end of the game on that two point conversion. Right. That was that was a pretty weird one. I think we got some insight from Kelly in this. Can you break down what uh, what happened there? You know, the play I'm talking yeah, about. Right? So, yeah. So JC caught the pass, ran uh, to the pylon. And then, you know, as he's kind of racing the defender there, the ball gets stripped, rolls uh, into the end zone and Cannon Montgomery dives on it. Yes. Um, they end up calling that a like there was a penalty on the play. Um, by somebody on USF. And so instead of just like redo the play, we're on the one yard line. And the reason why we didn't get the two point conversion on Cannon Montgomery's recovery is because apparently um, a on two point conversion plays, the player that fumbled cannot recover the fumble. Uh, I believe that's if it goes forward. Um, and that's to avoid the... Uh, is it like a fumble ruski play? I believe it's like the same thing there yeah, where like it on the quarterback would intentionally forward it, fumble it forward <laughs> so that the offensive lineman could just fall on it in the end zone. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Kind of a weird, not weird. Um, it's like, ah, this doesn't really apply for that same thing, but you know, the rule is going to yeah. catch all. So then we obviously didn't get the two point conversion the, when we tried it the second time. Yeah. Yep. And then last thing before we move on, just a penalty uh, injuries note. So penalties, another good game. Second one in a row because Memphis, I think we were down at like we had five for 40 yards or something like that. The, the fewest in a long time. Um, another great game penalty-wise after several bad games in a row. So we had five again this week for 50 yards. South Florida also only five for 47 yards. So very clean football, uh, you know, on from a penalty standpoint, at least not from uh, execution sometimes, but penalties uh, pretty clean. And then injury wise, I think the only one I can remember, I know Gerard Wheeler went down during the game. I don't know what happened, but that's honestly the only 
one I remember happening. Can you think of any other injury stuff? Yeah. Okay. Mm-mm. Yeah. So I think hopefully that was all because man, we already have so many piling up and we need them to all recover and get back out there for, uh, for the Navy game in a couple of weeks, man, it's, it sucks. Like coming out of a bye to play Navy, I, you get the extra time to prep for that weird triple option offense, you know, but also the, the flip side of that is like, you usually take the bye week to recover and, and you know, relax. Then you come out and play your game. Hopefully everything goes well. But like in our case here, we're coming out of the bye week after resting and we're just going to get freaking chop blocked for two hours, like four hours. And you're going to need another bye week after you play Navy. I wish we had played Navy. Well, no, I don't really. I was going to say, I wish we had played them before the bye week, but I feel like if we had played them this week, we would have lost this game because we were missing so many guys already. And it's just a, it's just a, a slog to play those guys uh, at Navy. So I guess it's better to have it after the bye week, but man, what a wake up call it's going to be to come out of your nice, nice rest and uh, feeling good to go get, go get shot block for four hours in a row. And hopefully you come out of that on the other side. All right, let's move to offensive player of the game and defensive and special teams and all that stuff. If Matt has one, I'm not sure about the boycott status this week. We will find out. Matt, do you want to start? Do you want me to start with offensive player of the game? Uh, I'll start this week. Okay. So, my offensive player of the game is also somebody that we've talked about a lot. It is Shamari Brooks. Uh, both Shamari Brooks and Daenerik Prince were, as Ryan mentioned, honorable players of the week for um, you know the American Athletic Conference. And that's on Brooks had 23 carries for 145 yards and the touchdown uh, that really like that took the lead with 47 seconds left in the game. And on top of that, he had two catches. So he's looking at 173 yards, touches the ball 25 times. I think we had a total of like 90 plays. So he's look over a quarter of our plays as Shamari Brooks getting the ball. Uh, And he just looked good. He was blocking pretty well uh, when asked for that. There is that one play where he was like looking for somebody to block. It was just kind of chilling there. Yeah. Uh, Bryn was getting pressure. So he just turns around. We get like a 14 yard pickup on that. So he's kind of, he played much better with his hands. Uh, you know, we've seen him have issues on holding onto the ball during some of these passing plays in the past, uh, but he looked really solid. Uh, you know, this is kind of what we've seen most of the year, you know, take out that Houston outlier game with, you know, you have issues to the line that's not just going to affect the quarterback, that's obviously going to affect our running backs. And so just to see, you know, back-to-back weeks, Brooks has been electric, uh, and to see, like, Prince come in and kind of give the one-two punch. And, like, they almost had the same number of, sh- like, carries. It's 23 to 1 to 19. I almost said 119. That'd be vastly <laughs> different. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, like, equal, equally split, but but Brooks just phenomenal game. Yeah. And Brooks averaged more yards per carry too, I think with uh 6.3, 6.3. Yep. Yeah. And Daenerys, I mean, I, I, like, like you mentioned, he got uh Daenerys Prince, also a great game. Got, got honorable mention there, average 5.8 yards carrying a touchdown. So good game from both of them, but I agree. It, it's, it was the Shamari Brooks show. This game got the game winning touchdown. Um, you know, he was talking after the game, uh, probably Kelly Hines interviewing him. I'm not sure. Maybe it was just post game press conference, but said something like, uh, you know, you get in that red zone, especially late in the game like that. And you just, you got to have the mindset of you're not going to be denied out there, uh, and getting it done. And you got to get in there and score and you got to make it happen somehow. And he, he did it. He made a nice little cut in there, got hit before the goal line, still got in. 
And, you know, it, it's it's so interesting because we bring him in a lot in these goal line scenarios, and he's not, like, the big guy. You know, we have, like, uh, Steven Anderson, the Southern Miss transfer, who's, like, you know, way heavier, way bigger guy than him. We have Daenerys Prince, who's bigger than Shamari Brooks. But Shamari gets those red zone carries a lot, and he makes he like, he makes, he makes makes the most of them. He scores a lot when he gets in there. I don't know if it's just a vision thing or a quickness gets him in there, but, you know, you're so used to seeing the bigger guy get the ball in that scenario. And sometimes we do give it to, to Steven Anderson or somebody like Daenerys. Um, but Shamari gets it as much as anybody else, which I think is pretty cool. Um, my uh, just, like, honorable mention for offensive player of the game, since Shamari was mine too, Sam Crawford. Um just, you know, made, made the awesome play right before halftime to, to get us back in that game. I feel like he is just kind of Mr. Reliable in terms of catching the ball. I mentioned he did have the – he had the drop this game, which, again, like it's just so, so uncharacteristic. I mean, you're, you're going to drop one every now and then, so maybe this was just the game to get it all out of our system. Uh, but I feel like, you know, in the season as a whole and over the last, like, several years now, like three years that he's been in the starting lineup uh, consistently – he feels like a guy we can always throw to and good things generally happen. Like he just, I don't know. I, I, I like to think of him as just the, you know, third and long kind of guy. you got to go somewhere. You're just going to throw it to Sam. He's a bigger ish guy. He's not as big as Ezra Naylor or anything, but he's big ish. Um, he can make the good catches. He has the speed to get open deep and he can, he's made that happen several times this season too. Um, and I think he's just always such a sure-handed player. So I'm going to give it to him uh, as honorable mention, but yes, agree. Shamari Brooks offense player of the game. Uh, for defense, um, this was tough. So, you know, the American Conference named Justin Wright as the defensive player of the week. And he certainly uh, is in the conversation, I think. You know, big game, seven total tackles, two and a half sacks, huge game from him. Um, definitely, you know, he he made it, he just blew some things up, you know, earning earning the psycho nickname he, he has for himself and people gave him. And I like him a lot, but I think I'm going to give it to Jackson player for this game just because of that fourth down stop, just like that. That's the play. The fourth down stop at the end that led to us getting the lead. That was just huge. You know, it was when, uh, what was the dude's name? Jer- something Mangum for USF, the running back who took a couple wildcat snaps, you know? Jaron. Um, Jaron Mangum. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so he got in there, and well, it's just like I think I mentioned the other you mentioned this to you during the game about the UCF game because UCF brought in that Joey Gatewood dude uh, at quarterback, and every time they bring him in, it's like Chad President coming in for us a few years ago, and they just run a little sweep out to the right, just like quarterback run, and it never works because everybody knows it's coming, and so like that was what UCF was doing, and it's the same thing with what USF was doing with us. Whenever Jaron Mangum would get the ball, every time it was Wildcat snap to him, it's just a little slant run out to the side somewhere, and that just I I just don't like it. Ever seeing so many years of Chad President doing that and it being very mostly ineffective, uh, I don't like to see it. I I like to see it when it's against us though. So fortunately, USF ran it uh, several times, and they ran it when it was fourth and you know fourth and one or less you know, trying to get this thing on like the 40 yard line. So they go for it on fourth down and Jackson just blows this play up, just blows it up. I think maybe Joseph Anderson was in there too. Somebody else was in there with him, but mostly Jackson and got the stop. Then we go down and score and take the lead. And that alone, I think earns it for me. Huge play from him. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that was a really good play. Um, I was just going to be like, besides that, I feel like we didn't see a ton of Jackson player, which is why I Mm -hmm. didn't want to give it to him just for that one play alone. But I think that's a good reason. (laughs) Um, And so I'm going to go stick with the American Athletic Conference uh, guidance on this one and pick Psycho, (laughs) a.k.a. Justin Wright. Um, 
So led the team in tackles. Two and a half of those were for loss. Both of those two and a half tackles were for a sack. Like those were our, uh, I guess Tyree Stevenson helped on that sack, uh, one of his sacks, but he was just electric all over the place. I mean, we talk about, we mentioned during the game, like he was playing from Zayvon Collins's position and doing a real good job, kind of like locked down, uh, you know, USF. They USF didn't really have a great offensive game. We talked about it. They had like 280 something yards, uh, 14 points in this game were off of either the offense or special teams and not because of our defense. Yeah. And their, and their quarterback only completed like nothing, not a very high percentage of the, of the passes. I can't remember what it yeah, was. He was 10 uh, for 25, 40%. Yeah. And then you had, I think one of their punters, they had like a fake punt, um, that oh, or yeah. a fake field goal that they didn't convert. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I feel like we just had a really strong defensive game, uh, which is really fortunate because we would have lost this otherwise with how much we were hurting ourselves so yeah justin wright i think was player of the game for me nice and a quick quick shout out since i didn't mention him during the the earlier part of the episode um really nice play by joseph anderson the d lineman also at the very end of the game like the last play of the game when timmy mcclain you know they're trying to go go drive down the field and tie it up or i guess it would be a win if they scored at all um but joseph anderson was the guy putting pressure on mcclain on fourth down that forced him to make a throw a little bit earlier than I think he wanted to. And that ended up being a, being a incompletion that ended it basically. So shout out to him too. All right. You are up for special teams. What do you got? I, you know, there was a chance we gave up a special teams touchdown. And so I will continue the boycott. It's true. I don't think it did anything to, there's a deserving, there's a deserving player, but special teams as a whole (laughs) can't do it. Very fair. I don't blame you at all. Uh, this was a very bad performance for special teams in general, or at least the coverage teams. Um, there, yeah, but you're right. There are there are a couple individuals you could give it to. I mentioned Tyree Carlisle and Hunter Rangel or Rangel um, for the forced fumble and recovering that fumble, respectively, just before halftime. Huge momentum shift right before half. I think one of those guys could deserve it. Uh, Lachlan Wilson, massive game from him. Uh, I saw he averaged 54 yards of punt in this game. And I saw at least one that was just another, like we had one against Memphis last week where it looked like it was 70 plus yards. I think it ended up being like 60 something, but just there in person, it just looked like it flew forever. And he had another one in this game against, against USF uh, that was super long. It looks like his long was 64. So that must've been it. Um, but man, just a couple boomers in this game and the average of 54 yards a punt, I think is amazing. So that's very solid game from him. Just a great punter we've got there. And then, uh, the other kind of key figure here, Zach long, uh, just another perfect day on field goals, right? He is nine for nine on the season. Now in field goals, 19 for 19 extra points, uh, perfect 10, you know, that's awesome. Good for him doing great. Um, just need him to either, get it to the end zone on every kickoff or put in Tyler Timpton for every kickoff now. And we'll be, we'll be fine. Just clean up the coverage teams and, and we're looking pretty good. But I think if I had to pick one of those, you got to give it to like Tyree slash Hunter for the momentum shift right before the end of the half. Cause that just I feel like that changed a lot in that game. So I'd probably give it to that combo right there. Um, but a good game from the, the puncher and the kicker also. 
All right, so uh, we have a treat for you as well. If you saw on Twitter, we asked for some listener questions this week, and that was not for us. That was for our guest this week, who is JJ Cody. Uh, JJ, fiance of former co-host Pat Fox, and very fun person to talk to in general. So we had her back on the show. We had her on last year as well. Um, Don't remember where, if it was around this time last year or not, maybe a little bit earlier or something. No, it was was because the OSU game got uh, postponed after we had done our recap already. So it was was really early in the year last season. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. Nice. So, yeah, we are doing, because we've got the bye week this week, we are doing another version of what we did last year, which was JJ's No Sports Zone, where we don't talk about sports at all. So that's the end of sports for this episode, Um, which means we're probably not going to do Around the American or anything else because we're already going pretty long. So we'll skip that this week because there's no more sports. Uh, Okay, so let us uh, get her on the line and we will bring her on and talk about whatever JJ wants to talk about. JJ's No Sports Zone. All right. Well, with Tulsa football on a bye this week, we are going to continue with what is now the second annual edition of JJ's No Sports Zone, which is the one episode of the year that we are going to do every year now, where we have a section of the podcast dedicated to two things. One, not talking about sports, and two, talking about whatever JJ wants to talk about. So as a reminder, JJ, former Golden Hurricast co-host Pat Fox's fiance. JJ, very excited to talk about whatever it is you wanted to want to talk about this week. I think last year we talked a lot about Star Trek, had a bunch of other stuff come up too. Are you still on the Star Trek train or what's on your mind these days? So 1000%, once you're a Trekkie, you're always a Trekkie. I mean, that's it. I will say Pat and I have like, I, I made him start watching with me and we slowed down a bit because Pat likes, Pat will watch anything. And so that means he also wants to watch everything. <laughs> and so he doesn't want to watch the same thing every night, like consistency, consistently like that. So I've fallen off a little bit, but I did since the last time we talked, I don't think I had finished all of Voyager yet. And I've watched it two and a half times through now. So <laughs> Nice. <laughs> you know? What was, uh, I, so I didn't watch any of it. What were the, I know you were last year, you were doing the hotties of Voyager hashtag. Did you end yeah. up doing any kind of like, total count at the end of the year or how did that how did that all end up so i did have i I, what i did is i we started mid like season two and so i just and then i i think i didn't even start hotties until like season three and so when we got back around i was like well we're in the middle of the series and i know different things now i just got to keep going so i every time i watch voyager i tweeted about it and then I did start like kind of slowing down a lot. My work got more intense and like I would fall asleep during it and then forget the tweet. Yep. So my poor fans, they have just been, you know, wasting away wondering like, is JJ okay? Are they still hot? Like <laughs> they have all these questions that I haven't been able to support them as fully. But I will say that anytime someone wants to watch any Star Trek and declare a hottie, that's your hottie. And I love that. Share that with the world, you know? I have definitive, like, I'm the final answer, but you're, everyone's allowed <laughs> to share their opinion, you know? That's fair, I think. You know, you I think you started that hashtag, right? You didn't uh, join yeah. on that, yeah. And then there were times when people would be like, oh no, where's JJ? We haven't gotten a hottie yet today. And then I started getting less consistent and people realized that I just couldn't keep up anymore. So you don't <laughs> have any kind of, uh, like, all-time hottie for the Voyager show? I mean, I haven't gone through and counted but to me, I think there's two all-time hotties. Number one is like always Janeway, Captain Janeway. She's a queen. She's smoking. She's incredible. 
But I think like personally, I like Tuvok a lot because I just, oh, and Forrick. I like Vulcans because they're funny to me. So <laughs> Nice. So now is it more, I mean, what, how are you spending your time these days? I know you, you've talked to us a little bit about 911. Is that the, is that the primary thing? Well, so 911, it's only like five seasons and I watched, I watched all of it over quarantine with my family as well. And I actually have a podcast idea um, about 911. Wow. Spicy. Let's hear it. And it's just a like, instead of like talking about the episode, it's just a recording of me watching the episode Nice. and, and I'm like yelling and screaming and <laughs> crying and just like clapping. Like there are times where I would little, literally stand up and just like give it a standing ovation. Sounds clap. good. Yeah. 911's got something for everyone. Pat says you watch, like you pace a lot while you're I watching do, them. Yeah. So can we get like a live stream footage? I think, yeah, of... maybe it's not a podcast. Maybe it needs to be visual. To start a Twitch account? There's, yeah. There's, um, so like the way that my dad's house is, it's like, it's got a, a pretty big TV and then like the couch and then there's a lot of space behind the couch. And I will, and then there's like a weird chair behind it that I think we just didn't really know where to put. And so we just put it there and I will sit in that chair because I like need to be able to like jump up and move around and not like block anyone else's view. Nice. Is 911 like, uh, I also don't know much about this show. Is it, is it similar to a show like CSI Miami or, or a show like that? Or is it totally different? So kind of in the, in the way that like it is a procedural. So like every week it's like a new, like disaster basically um but i'd say it's a lot more intense like it's a lot more ridiculous i think pat's favorite plot line is and it's this is like a pretty good go-to is um like a shark got loose on the highway and and it's like oh no what do we do (laughs) how how does that okay explain to me like how does that happen they were like what is the actual danger What's the danger? Is a big shark on the highway? <laughs> yeah, but is this an underwater highway? Like the sharks no, just kind of flop there, isn't it? Um. Oh my god. I mean, I'm trying to think. That's been a while since I watched that episode, but like it was intense. So is this? I mean, he was this like being in... transported in like a water tank, and then they got into an accident, and then it got loose on, and was going around. And I, I feel like sharks can kind of survive a little bit. I don't know. It's not real. Well, okay. So my other question is this kind of like how much of your like suspension of disbelief is there? Like it's not a like science fiction. It's supposedly no, no. in our universe. Right. right. And a lot of it is like ripped from the headlines. And I think they'll take things that actually happen and make them even crazier and like, you know, have them fit in. And like they always kind of do this thing where like all the crazy things that happen kind of like fall into a little bit of a theme. Um. There's one, okay, I think this is my favorite one, where there was, you like open in like a boardroom and it's like a lady lawyer and a guy lawyer like yelling at each other. And she's like, don't throw me under the bus, Brad. And they're on the 14th floor and then a bus comes through the building and (laughs) hits Oh God. (laughs) And it's incredible. And and like you feel like you should see it coming, but you don't see it coming at all. And it's, it's fabulous. And there's like, okay, so it's like a lot of action. So that's something for everyone. There's a lot of like heart to it too. Like you really like the characters and like you always get to see like a little bit of background. Everyone's smoking hot. That's the number one thing. Like I can't declare a hottie of 911. I was just going to bring that up. (laughs) I mean, I have thought about it. 
it, okay, I Pat and I named our dog after a character from this show. True. I didn't even think about that. I was like, <laughs> it would probably always be Buck, but I was like, oh, fuck, my dog. Nice. So. Yeah, sounds like a good one. Um, okay, so what do you, I mean, what's new? What do you want to talk about while, while we got you? You've, I mean, free reign yeah. to talk about whatever you want, basically. So, oh my gosh, that's like so much responsibility. <laughs> whatever I want. Um, I mean, I, what I really want to talk about is Vanderpump Rules, but I don't think anyone else here can contribute much to that. <laughs> no, I, I don't know anything about it. That's for yeah, sure. Have you, ever, have you ever watched any Vanderpump Rules when we were living together? No, I just remember um, like coming home and the happiest like time being that Pat had taken it on himself to just watch it all so that he could talk to you about it. But no, he didn't. I'm pretty sure he did at one point. Has he not? He's seen it, right? He will like watch it with me. Oh, I thought maybe, he had watched maybe, like maybe season one or something. Like a, he might have watched like a YouTube video or something. Okay. Yeah. Oh, was... I forgot. That's very sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that's I, cool. I don't. I don't know if if I've ever seen it. I get. I mean, to be frank, I get confused between like Below Deck, the one about all the people from the South. Um, Southern Charm. Yes. Yeah. These they all kind of like. Think, I run feel together. like when, I mean, I would watch Vanderpump Rules like week to week because I was caught up on all of it. I think maybe you saw me watching Southern Charm the most. Which look, am I proud of doing of watching these shows? No, not at all. But then again, when I watch these shows, I feel a whole lot better about myself. <laughs> I'm like, like there's, I feel like every season I watch a show and I will have a moment where I'll be like, man, I'm in an incredible relationship. These people are psychotic and it could be that. But no, like we're pretty nice to each other for the most part. I mean, Matt's seen us fight a little bit, but <laughs> you know. So I I feel no like comment. for me, it's like I know it's routing my brain, but then it also makes me feel so good about myself watching all these shows. So Very fair. <laughs> Uh, cool. So, okay. So we can either talk about like things to do, you know, during a bye week or we can go move to like listener questions, things like that. What do you think? Um, maybe let's go to listener questions and then I can also, maybe we'll even bring up some things you can do in bye week because basically how to survive bye week is just watch TV. That isn't, <laughs> I mean, that's it. And so I've given you lots of content. Wonderful. You know, you could watch one season of a show and that would that would cover you so. sweet sounds good all right let's do that let me pull up uh, let's see what the latest is over here i i asked very uh not much lead time in between asking for questions and then recording we did get a pretty good amount though so um let's see let's start with one from a, a tough one maybe the hardest one in this list at least to maybe come up with on the spot here start with the one from captain kane himself at not captain kane on twitter uh asks if the University of Tulsa were a tree, which tree would it be? Oh my gosh. I mean, that's like, I could tell you what tree I would want it to be because I have a favorite tree and it's Aspen's because they like, I just went to Telluride to visit my friend, Sarah, shout out Sarah. Nice. Um, and they, um, I learned that Aspen's are like, technically like they're all connected, like the way that their roots grow. Mm -hmm. And so like, they're all one big, like living thing. They're technically like the largest living thing. And I was, I just thought that was so beautiful. And then you touch them and they're cold. Now, I don't think that TU necessarily 
I don't see a lot of connection between the two. But that's an option because I love it. This is a pretty good one. I was thinking through this myself too, and I it's it's tough to <laughs> it's not it's not an easy question. Um, the first one I think of when I think of TU just after doing this podcast for four years and watching a lot of bad uh, sports for the most part is a weeping willow. So that will be my submission. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with the weeping willow because we do get you know a, a couple a couple seasons here and there we have some positive uh, sports uh, between or at TU, but. The vast majority, I think, uh, have been pretty disappointing and sad. And the podcast keeps us going. But to you, uh, brings us down a little bit. So the Weeping Willow, I think, would be my submission. When they're good, you're probably crying tears of joy. So I feel like it's Look at still, that. I feel like that's an excellent answer. A plus. Very nice. Tears of sadness, occasional tears of joy, oftentimes tears of disbelief. That's right. Always very emotional. Either way, either way you're always like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, but that was... Ooh. That was a sport that we brought up. Oh. This is a no sports zone. Mm. No wow. You're right. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's a penalty. What happens to Ryan now for bringing it up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to well, be a true. kind leader and give you give you a pass here, okay. but never again. We just get one pass. If it happens again, you literally get kicked out of this call. And I become the new <laughs> head host. Unless it's you. Then, we, then this episode is over. <laughs> Matt, did you have a submission for this or no? Um, so, okay, those trees kind of by the library are all clones of each other, right? Isn't yeah. that the whole deal? Yeah, so I don't know what kind of trees those are, but I feel like that kind of makes sense for TU because well, they put a huge deal into it. Yeah, And so it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't really have a philosophical reason why that tree is other than... Um, it's a great experiment that will work like the creation of university of Tulsa. <laughs> it makes it, it makes the campus beautiful. True. They are good looking trees. I was actually thinking the other day, because like when I, we first started there it was a while ago, it was 10 years ago and those trees have grown a lot. And I was driving by and I was like, Oh wow, I'm so old. And <laughs> so beautiful. And huh. I had it. Moving. Mine was like it's been eight years, and I was like, the trees look the same to me. So maybe I just can't tell. We get it. You remember young. how? That's two years. That's only two years younger. You're so young, you don't even know what's to come. <laughs> Very nice. All right, let's do another one. Um, let's see. Let's go to. I think this was the second one submitted from Sam Laz himself. Yeah. He asks, "What are the best and worst symphony instruments?" This was, I think he did this specifically for me. Yes. I'm not going to have an answer on this one. <laughs> so I, you know, I feel like the beauty of the symphony is that like, it's supposed to all kind of blend together with like occasional, you know, things popping out. Um, so I, this is actually a tough question for me, but I do have a least favorite instrument and that's the harpsichord, which I just, I hate more than Ooh. anything. Why? I, it's, I hate, I hate the sound. I hate all the harpsichord songs sound the same. I'm trying to think what a harpsichord even sounds like. Is it a harpsichord is the little like piano looking thing, right? Yeah. Is it just like a kind of, does it have kind of a tinny sound, like a smaller sound than an actual piano? Yeah. I feel like when you think of it, you think of like a rich person with, uh, with the white wig and a weird outfit. Okay. Yeah. I see. Or I guess like a servant. Yeah. I don't know. I was never alive then. So 
but that's my least favorite instrument total. Um, I think I love in a symphony. I love when like percussion gets to shine. I love a good like. Oh yeah. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> I love the triangle because it's like that person with the triangle has waited for so long <laughs> and has practiced like it's just so much about timing. Yeah. I I think well okay. Can somebody explain to me, do tri- triangles, I imagine, make different sounds depending on how and where and how hard you hit yeah. them? Yeah. Yeah. I think like different spots of it are probably deeper. I think there are also mm. different like sizes, sizes and types of yeah. triangle, right? Like, I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm mostly guessing, but I'm there's got to be, right? You're not, not everybody's yeah. going to use the same one. So would you like bring in a triangleist, like specifically for we need a big triangle? Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish. I think what it is is it's like a percussionist plays like a bunch of different things. Uh, Probably that makes more sense. But I like your idea of someone being just solely <laughs> in the big triangle. I mean, you talk my... about specialization. That's the yeah. future. I feel it like is... that's. Uh, I feel like the triangle is the go-to for like a a, a kids like symph- You know, like when you're in like pre, you know, not preschool, but like you know, growing up, maybe like first, second grade. Everybody has to have an instrument, and you give like you give the triangle to the person who you can't really count on to do something else. And yeah. so they, they stand there and, you know, hopefully they, but it is, it's a big miss if they don't get it. Cause you're right, man. Like usually it's there. The, the time that they come to play the triangle is like everything else stops and then the triangle gets it. And so if they miss it, it's everything's thrown off. And like, you can't daydream too much no. or you're, you're no. screwed for sure. <laughs> kind of really be on top of it. There's not enough <laughs> love for triangleists. Thank you, Matt. That's a good one. It's the best shape and the best <laughs> instrument. Matt, you want to ask the next one? Pick one of the pick one of the questions. Um, okay, I will go with my personal question. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite Magic Treehouse book, and why? I mean, Matt, do you want to start because you feel passionate about this? <laughs> do I want to start? Yeah. I mean, s- sure. So you don't have to. <laughs> I will go with the OG Magic Treehouse book, Dinosaurs Before Dark, because this is the book that got me into reading. Uh, growing up as a kid, like I didn't read a ton. And then I read this book, finished it. And like, I don't know a day. I don't know how those books are not that difficult to read. I'll say that. So I think I've, I read it in about a day. You're a kid. Yeah. And like, it, it just holds a special place in my heart as cool as their adventures would go. The dinosaurs before the darkness. That's beautiful. Aww. My favorite is the Vacation on Mount Vesuvius. I also like there's a dolphin one. And dolphins also, before I, daybreak or dolphins no, at daybreak. At, day, at daybreak. Um, I also like, I had a good collection of these. My mom was very much a like um, scholastic fair mom. So she would like buy me all the books. She was like, oh, you want to read? And so like I had a good collection of them and it was like, Whichever one I hadn't read yet that had the coolest cover, I like For would sure. kind of really like focus on and be like, oh, I can't wait to learn about that one. And they all, I mean, they had such great covers. I they just did. thought they were so cool. There were so many good ones. I, I just like Googled Magic Treehouse books because I was, I, I read these too, but I couldn't remember any, really any of them until you guys started talking about them. So I'm looking through these titles and the one that, you know, I, I kind of have vague memories of a lot of them, but the one, there's really only one that really sticks out to me. It's Mummies in the Morning. Did you guys ever read that one? Oh, sure did. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, God, that one, that one, I would have to easily would be at, at the top of my list. I don't remember why or what I liked about it, but of all the books that I'm looking at here and all the covers, that that one is absolutely the one that uh, at least moves something in my head. <laughs> it's got a connection. It does it does there, for sure? There was like an entire side plot with like a little dog um, that I think was like the Titanic and the, the Titanic. Buffalo. One, I loved that one. Yeah. <gasps> oh, that's what's that one called? Like tonight on the Titanic. I was gonna say tonight on the Titanic. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Okay. No I'll let, yeah. Not nothing at all. Just like thinking. That's I'll let you. I'll let you awesome. guess for the next couple if there's any other ones. Well, give me another. Give me another uh, theme. Okay. Um, during the Revolutionary War. Um. Oh God. Um. So it's like always a time, or I guess vacation is. Oh, I don't know. This is a tough one. Like rum- rummaging at a revolution. <laughs> no, it's Revolutionary War on Wednesday. What a war on Wednesday! Okay, that's not <laughs> yeah. good. That's not. That's good. One, they had like three in a row where it was like day, the specific day of the week. Oh. Civil War on Sunday, Revolutionary War on Wednesday, Twister on Tuesday. Oh, Twister on Tuesday was a good one too because I felt like that that hit home. I don't think it's Oklahoma though. I think it's like. Nah, it's like Kansas or something. Kansas. But still, it felt like felt real connection. Did you guys ever read? Probably not. I feel like this was more like like for girls. But Junie B. Jones. Yeah, I I, I totally read some Junie B. Jones books. I, Junie B. Jones. I don't remember like, what was like the premise. What was going on in those books? Just a girl, a little girl who was getting into trouble all the time, and I really related to that. <laughs> she was like like innocent trouble, like. Her hair was messy. She was always kind of chaotic. <laughs> but that, I, man, I don't even remember any of the names of those, but that was like, those were my ride or die. Love Junie B. Yeah, I'm looking at some of them now. I just Google it. You've got like Junie B. Jones and her big fat mouth. I feel like I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of, uh, yeah, what are they? Yeah, Toothless Wonder is on there. Beautiful. Good stuff. Yes, definitely read some of those. Love that. Now I wish I had kept all those, but I guess sure. some other kids reading them now. I hope yeah. they appreciate them like I did. I hope so. I think so. I think so. They're good. I mean, I don't know. They're you know, I'm sure it's just nostalgia, but I feel like they were yeah. great kids' books. I think so. I think they might even still be like kind of popular. I don't know. I wonder what kids kids read these days. Does anyone know that? a kid we can call real quick? <laughs> Unfortunately, okay. no. I literally know zero. They're just all, oh they're all on they're all in the TikToks and the uh Yeah, that's true. Um, whatever. Yeah. Should we start talking about like how society has just changed so much and Well yeah, okay. So that brings me to my kind of our next question. Similar uh topic. This is from our good pal Ethan Rex. Ethan Rex. <laughs> uh where do we go when we die? Or what happens <laughs> when we question. die? Either one of Getting those. Getting into it here on No Sports Zone. Ethan no. doesn't hold back. No. Ethan does not hold back. I mean, this is tough <laughs> and this is going to make me go into, cause like I have moments and tell me I'm not alone. I have moments where I'm just like, how does this all exist? Mm-hmm. Who, like, yeah. Who doesn't think that? What, what is like, what is going on, man? <laughs> anyway. So like, I can't even get past the like here and now that like thinking about a next thing, I I just can't, my brain can't handle it. 
And I think it's probably because I've watched too much Vanderpump Rules and it's like slowly rotted it all away. God, what is this? What is what? What happens in Vanderpump Rules? Is it? It's a TV series, right? You don't. You don't I, know. I have literally. I've never even seen the cover. I don't know what it. I don't know who's in it. I don't know any of the episodes. So it's technically a spinoff of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. One of the women on that, Lisa Vanderpump, owns a restaurant. Owns a bunch of restaurants, but this one like focuses on a restaurant called Sir which stands for Sexy Unique Restaurant. Hell yeah. And it's just about all these hot people and how they're so terrible to each other. And and I love it. <laughs> oh, so this is a Bravo show then? Yeah, it's Bravo. Okay. Wow, I didn't, I, I thought you guys knew. I didn't realize how little you knew. I knew, I know so little about TV in general. I mean, I know a bunch of the names uh, just because I'd hear something about like, oh my gosh, can you believe that Jax did this? And I'm like, no. I love that you know that. And can yeah. you believe Jax did that? He's crazy. He got fired this season. He's not Ooh, on it anymore. Drama. Isn't that, how can you get fired from these shows? That's what they live for. They did do like a big like house cleaning for this season um, where like they got rid of anyone who had done like anything racial like mm, at all. Yeah. And so like, which I very much appreciate, but I will say the show is like, I don't know, the show was kind of getting boring anyway. So I don't think these people leaving necessarily like hurt it. But I do think that like after 10 years, like maybe we need some fresh like youngins and they didn't necessarily do that. Like it, it feels like these people know too much about like the game of being on a reality television show now versus in the beginning it was very much like these people were just like actually friends and actually were being mean to each other. And they just happened to capture it. So, anyway. Uh, okay, sidebar. What when we die? <laughs> uh, so, what I hope it's not is like a Waffle House permanently. Uh, oh, my God. But, okay, am I wrong? Like, would a real Housewives of Waffle House not be something super... Like, the amount of drama that goes on... Only you would between, know, like, though, Matt, because only you but, have spent this much time in a Waffle House. But, like... Do people not understand? Waffle House has a reputation. Oh, no, right? I know. I almost sent you a, uh, there's a song that I was listening to on the way to come visit you while I was there. It's called Fist Fight at the Waffle House, and it's a great song. I was going to I was yeah. gonna ha- ask if you uh, had played it while you were there. Do you know? I that? hadn't, but heard? like one of the managers came up, um, the one that knew what I was doing, not the one who thought I was a strange man. Uh, and he was like, yeah, so like when they offered me this job, they just came up and asked, like, they're like, oh, you start on Thursday. And I was like, before the interview had started. And he's like, oh, okay, so I got the job. And they're like, well, okay, I guess we'll ask one question. Like, are you afraid of beating someone up? And he was like, no. And they're like, yeah, you're hired. Oh my God. <laughs> what? This is why I went to Waffle House at like 7 a.m. so I could get out before it got dark. No, man, but what? No, you've got nothing to worry about. They'll protect you. They'll, they'll beat the good, they'll beat the dude This up. guy was only there for the afternoon shift. So like oh. once he's gone, yeah. Who who knows if the next one is the guy who's going to beat me up? I don't know. <laughs> the listeners could see my face right now because I am just like in utter shock. Yeah. That's incredible. This would be a. You gotta actually. We should cut all this out because we don't want someone stealing this idea. We gotta go to Bravo right now, and let them know that we have we got the show for them. Real Housewives of Waffle House. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it can't even be because then you'd need the uh, non. Why? You want the employees themselves. Yeah. So we'll call it yeah. Waffle. Waffle House Rules. Something. Yeah. Uh, that's. I'm thinking like, okay, you got Southern Charm, you got Below Deck, you got 
on the griddle or something. On the griddle, that's incredible. <laughs> Matt, seriously, cut all this out. You got to cut all this out, write it all down. Let's go. Let's we'll make a presentation. Honestly, I'm surprised there's not like, yeah, this makes sense. How is there not already a thing like everyone knows that Waffle House is just the weirdest. How is there not a show or something about this? I mean, I feel like it could very easily be like a satirical like yeah. play on Below yeah. Deck or all these shows for sure. Yeah. I see it as actually less of a Bravo because I think that Bravo has this certain like, even though these people are terrible, it's like a beautiful, like everyone's beautiful and rich and like I, Waffle House. What are you saying like, about Waffle like House that? employees? <laughs> it's grittier. It's like, like, Bravo, like HBO. Bravo unintentionally dark, but I feel like Waffle House is like, we know we're dark, you know? Ryan, I'll say, I, I heard what you said and I'll acknowledge it. I didn't hear it. You said, you said it needs to be grittier. And I said, grittlier. <laughs> yes. Plus one, plus one for grittlier. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually have a pitch for Bravo and I guess you guys. Because I need you to be a part of this to make it really work. Yeah, we could be a yeah. We could start the official the official uh, on the griddle podcast. Well, it's I have a show I want to do called Boomtown, Ooh. and it's like like a show on Bravo, but it's just our friend group. And instead of like, oh no, this person cheated on this person, it'd be we're playing a game of fishbowl and someone gets mad and, <laughs> and it's like that's the big build up. We do get some drama playing these games. <laughs> We do get some drama. I feel like it's all from like Pat is the main. It's like Pat and Matt Nyer. Shout out out Matt Nyer. I just think Um, it'd be really fun. Pat refuses to be on reality TV with me, which is very annoying. But but he films documentaries. He he wants to be behind the camera. Yeah. He put him. He inserted himself into the last documentary. He did. All right, Ryan. You want to take the next one? Sure. Uh, okay, so let's do the one from Tulsa Hop, and I. So I'm gonna need a little bit of a, a memory um, pusher here. I I don't. So he he mentions I need to follow up on the 2021 Mississippi pot roast, and I remember that that came up, but I don't remember how or why. So that was when we were doing like. Oh, sorry. Go. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. This is one of those um, that I like did a recording on my own and like sent it to you guys. Oh, so we just had like a separate thing. Okay. It, yeah, it, it was wasn't one of our part of the It was a post episode, yeah. uh, like the week after the No Sports Zone. Gotcha. A little episode, if you will. Yes. Okay. So give us a give us a follow up on on that, I suppose. So I assume that he's asking for like, what's the next great recipe? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I'm I'm not I'm not a cook. And Matt knows. <laughs> so I think that Matt might actually have an answer for this, but for me, it's just like you can't top the Mississippi pot roast. So that's you just got to make it again. Where did you hear you about it? Le- or how did it? Like, where did you learn about that last year? I got it from a Southern Living. Oh yes. Magazine, and then we just like happened to make it one time, and it was like everyone in my family. My dad said it was great, and if my dad says that, then it's like you know it's like <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. So. <laughs> And it's do really ever, easy and a crowd pleaser. Do you ever like spice it up or anything? No. Why, why fix something that's not broke? No. It's already uh, got so much flavor. Like I feel like if you mess with it too much, it like takes away the like. Yeah. I'm just like, flavor. so one thing that I feel like would be an interesting swap, depending on how much heat you like, is take out the banana peppers and throw in some jalapenos or something Ooh. like that. 
because I feel like that doesn't change too much of the because. But the I mean, sweetness it's just like, is nice, though. So maybe doing both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not banana peppers. They're or is that just what kind of peppers are they? I used banana peppers when I copied your recipe. They were something that I couldn't say. I don't cook. My sister cooked it. I've oh, never it, yeah. That's the other, the one that's similar to it, uh, what Papa John's gives you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pepperoncini. Um, pepperoncini. Yeah, not pepperoni. Pepperoncini. <laughs> something like that. Matt, but you it, should... Or sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. It's. I was just going to say that you and Emma should make it because you'll you'll love it. Very good. Yeah, Ryan, you're the only one on this podcast who has not had it yet. Yeah. The Mississippi Pot Roast? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. I, ha- I just was thinking the same thing. Definitely need to do it. I was also thinking, Matt, you should start a, like, you should start a, a sub podcast, or not sub, but like a, another podcast that is about, like, cooking coffee and uh, books, but with a seat. Cocktails. Yeah, with the website that I have yeah, paid, like, $300 but, for and but, never. Yeah, but add cooking in yet. Add cooking. You made a so, website? Yeah. I, it's, yeah, it was, I was going to do, it was when I was starting to drink coffee, uh, like just getting into it and I was going to do a coffee and book review and it was going to be, it was, I think it was like a noob's guide to coffee. Cause I don't know anything about coffee, but like an expert guide to books. Uh, but then I got really busy with grad school and everything and I, maybe I need to bring it back. But. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. Cooking yeah, it's also coffee and makes... something else that starts with a C. What's, a, what's another does. word for books that starts with a C? Copy. Oh, copy. That works. Cooking, copy. coffee, and copy. There you go. Yeah. Cooking, copy, and coffee. Hard yeah, to say, perfect. though. <laughs> the thing that I love about Matt is that when he finds a new hobby he likes, he goes all in on it. Yes. So, like, I remember I, like, hadn't been back at the apart or, like, duplex in a while. And I, I came back, and there's a table full of, like, cocktail, like, books and tools and things i had never seen before <laughs> that's maddie got that for me for christmas because she was like oh this seems like something you would really enjoy so i went uh, i mean yeah as you said leaned full into you it all, you go all in. and oh man i should i wish you guys could see i just got like a new bar cart and wine Ooh. rack that i installed so it's no longer a card table with a cheap <laughs> target uh tablecloth very fancy nice oh, love it beautiful wait so did we have an official follow-up for the pot roast did i miss it no, it's it's the follow up is just just don't don't fix what ain't broke, even though Matt thinks that you should change it. <laughs> I'm not saying that you should. I'm saying it's worth ex- exploring the options available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. That's fair. You don't want to. I do think it's one of those things that like you shouldn't do every like every week or every month. Even like it should be semi special because it is like it's just so satisfying and wonderful. So you want to keep it special. Makes your house smell really good too. So good. Nice. All right. Uh, let's do uh, one from Andrea sent in. <laughs> and I assume this is a Vanderpump Rules question because I have no idea what it means. So the question is, honest opinions on Schwartz and Sandy's as a bar name. Yep. So two characters, I guess. Is it? Can you call them characters when it's a reality show? Uh, they're probably good question. Car- like caricatures of themselves. Yeah, two caricatures. <laughs> um, they end up in season six opening their own bar with Lisa Vanderpump, and it's called Tom Tom. And now they want to open another bar without Lisa and one of the characters. So it's it's their names are Tom Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz, and they want to name it 
shorts and sandies. And basically this whole season, which hasn't been that good, but that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll keep watching it. Um, he wants to call it shorts and sandies. And then the other one hates it. And basically everyone agrees that it's a bad bar name and that they could have come up with something a lot better. And I agree. I think it's terrible. Why would, I feel like Sandy Schwartz makes the most sense because it's like Sandy Schwartz almost, but I mean, I think if they're going to stick with like, the names, if they wanted to do it at like a beach, that's a perfect name, but they're like the way that Tom Sandoval describes what he wants his bar to be like. It's, it's very like conceptual, like psychedelic, like really kind of funky and Schwartz and Sandy sounds like a deli. <laughs> it does. Wow. Like, it's the deli I want to go to, you know, but it doesn't sound like a bar where I want to get a hip cocktail. Yeah. Now I will still go. I've been to Tom Tom. I've been to Pump. I haven't been to Sir actually. I haven't been to the Mecca, but someday, someday I will. The deli comment hits close to home. When I think when I think uh, Schwartz and Sandy's, now I think like because of that, I'm like Bill and Ruth's. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's like the exact exactly. same name style. Yeah. Nice. So I think I think Tomfoolery would be a good name. I've seen Atomic thrown around, um, but it's like so funny because basically the season premiere, they get into a fight over the name, and then everyone on the internet is like, "This is a terrible name." But I think that it's actually the name they're going with, hmm. which is just really funny to me. I guess it has gotten a lot of screen time, so like people will know. Like it's good marketing, I guess. But nice. We got another one from Crystal, and she asked she asked you to do a full twenty minutes. I don't know if we have a full twenty minutes to burn on this, but you can give it a, give it your best shot here on why Tulsa Oktoberfest is the best. Oh my gosh. So both these questions are from my sisters. Shout out my sisters. Um, 20 minutes. I mean, I could do that. <laughs> I, I legitimately could. I have a, I have an Oktoberfest poster behind me. Hey, can't see JJ, it's, it's your week. Just you roll. You're right. 20 minutes. Let's go. Anyway, I, I think what I love most about Oktoberfest is I know that like all these people I love are going to come into town and I get to see them and like, I make it a priority to like take off work and like focus on people that I missed a lot and just like have fun with them. Um, so that for me is it's very sentimental, but also, and also jury's still out on whether I actually go this year. The plan right now is if I want to go, I want to go during the day. I don't know. I just feel kind of icky about it. Just, mm -hmm. You always want to get into that. Yeah. But I just, there's something magical about like, you know, the same 10 songs over and over again. <laughs> And then, you know, Great people are selling pennies, but it's totally, everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. I've seen a couple of fights at our Toverfest, but nothing too big. And it's bound to happen. I don't know. I just like, I like to dance to DJ Moody all night. That's why I don't even like beer. I just like to go. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the best part of it. I agree is the like everybody else who, you know, you haven't uh, probably like college friends, um, you know, who haven't you probably haven't seen in a long time, making it in for the weekend or longer in some cases, you know, sticking around for a week plus yeah. it's all, it's all very cool. So I agree. That's my favorite part. Yeah. There's like the people that you actually like, like my best friends coming to town. Like I have my, my core group is coming to town, but then there's also like the people that I wouldn't really keep in touch otherwise, Yeah, like getting to see them and genuinely, Oh, Pat's home. Hey, Pat. It's genuinely a good thing. He's struggling to open the door. 
<laughs> hey Pat, we're doing no sports zone, so if you could be quiet, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> He's not welcome on this podcast anymore. It's been fifty-two minutes, actually less because because Matt was late. No big deal. We're at forty minutes of recording so far. Forty minutes into the recording. Yeah. What was I supposed to do? He's sleeping. He's happy. Yeah, I think so. Do you want to say hi to your fans? Yeah, they miss you. The people miss you. Are you assuming that we're past? What's up, fans? Just say on. a say a word to the pod. Uh, you cannot use this audio. <laughs> we haven't asked a question from him yet. What did he say? You cannot what? You can't use, use this audio. This audio. <laughs> okay, fair. I don't know. So there's a question from Emma, but I don't know if I can ask it because it mentions a sporting event. Um, so I'll try and say it in such a way where it's not involving sports. <laughs> where where is um, this? Is it a ungroup me? Um, okay. So non-sports girls also want to know your fashion take on clear purses at blank. Will this trend extend beyond the walls of where games are played? Uh, do you know what she's referencing? I, great job. You did not get the air horn there. Um, I actually think they kind of have transcended blank a little bit because there's, they feel very early 2000s, early 2000s style, like Xenon, that kind of style. And that's very in right now with the youths. Um, but I don't think it'll last long. It feels trendy, not like style. So, but what do I know? I'm looking at the I'm looking at the group me as well now. So I see another one uh, from Emma, not sports related at all, and she says, "Talk to us about Deanna Troy, which I guess is a Star Trek character, and how she fought the hypersexualization of her character through her outfits and character development." So, okay, I, Pat and I started watching Next Gen and we haven't gotten through it very far because the first season's not good. And I know, I know it's good long-term, but it's just like, it wasn't the right time for us. So I don't know as much about, about her. She is in a few episodes of Voyager and I do love her and think she's wonderful. And, but I, I don't think that I have the education yet. So that maybe next year, ask this question again. <laughs> this is an annual thing now. Sounds good. <laughs> well, I think that is all of the questions. Oh, yeah, I did have one have uh, more, more for you. Fun. So I've got I've got one to ask and then one we can maybe sign off with here. Um, so the one I've got for you, just a general like, oh, you know, over the last year or so during the pandemic and everything, lots of uh, very popular activity was just buying stuff. At least it was for me. Um, favorite item you bought during the pandemic? Um, probably my house. Oh yeah. <laughs> Besides that, that doesn't count. Obviously it's going to be your house. So I actually kind of did the opposite. I like didn't spend any money because I knew I wanted to buy a house. So I was like, fair. I did, I did do this thing where I would put things in the cart and then not actually. <laughs> and that, that was nice. enough of a rush for me. Yeah. Um, that was like post quarantine. I did that. So, so then I did kind of go on a spending spree once I bought the house and I bought a cow outfit, but because <laughs> cow print was kind of in for a minute and it was like, so I got some cow print pants and then I was like, well, I might as well get the matching top. And, um, 
It's I've never worn it. What? Never, what is that? What are you talking about? What is it's this? A, like cow print as like an actual like like jeans, like jeans oh. with cow print. And it was like actually kind of in for a minute. But I also I, you should wear it to Oktoberfest. It's an option for Oktoberfest. For sure. I do have to do my yearly go to Urban Outfitters and buy something for <laughs> Oktoberfest. I, I do this every year. I go, I have nothing to wear to a party. I don't I don't do this anymore. And then I go to Urban Outfitters and I shop with a bunch of high schoolers for a minute. And then nice. I have something to wear for the rest of the year. <laughs> Fun. Okay. So I think a fun one to end on, and you, we kind of mentioned this a little bit, but like things to do, you know, during a bye week not to, not to get into sports here. I don't want to be kicked off the, the pod, but uh, we are talking about bye week things. So if you could list like, I don't know, three or five things to get, you know, the, the, the disparaged sporting sports fan who has nothing to do this week because they can't watch Tulsa football. What should they do? Well, besides all of the TV shows I've recommended, so we got we got all of the Star Trek catalog, which that'll really take up way more than your bye week. Um, all of Vanderpump Rules, all of Nine One One and Nine One One Lone Star at spinoff. Nice. But like watch TV. That's definitely that's just one. Two, I feel like get a hobby like Matt. So just like WW. MD, what would Matt do? And <laughs> go all in on cocktails, coffee, something like that. And really like try to hone a hobby. Make sure you use two W's because the one W is just weapons of mass destruction. So oh, be careful. Yeah, that's, you gotta, <laughs> one of them is finding out a hobby. The other one is nuclear apocalypse. Yeah. Don't search WMD on Google. You might have some police show up to your house in like a few yeah. hours. Oh no! Can we even <laughs> say that on the podcast? Probably not. Yeah, when we, when we don't have an episode next week, you'll know why. It's because we're cut in jail. all of this out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's only two. Um, three. Go for a walk. Clear your head. Yeah. You know, think about think about the people you love. Meditate and, a little you know, bit. Meditate a little bit. Yeah. Get the calm app. Um. Three, three is probably my max. Sounds good. That's kind of what I was thinking I too. Read a book. <laughs> yeah. Very Matt, nice. Matt, did you Gothic? Because uh, you took it from me and I don't, I haven't had it back. I am like 300 pages into it and then I got burnt out of reading and it's sitting on my display bookshelf right now. Are you in a slump? Yeah, I can only, I have to like listen to books that I've read before right now. That's all I can do. Man, I've just been like real, real struggling in the book department. Maybe we just need to start reading Magic Treehouse again. <laughs> I mean, honestly, for me, when I was full in circle. kindergarten, that's how you do a podcast right there. Beautiful. I, we do have one more question from yeah. Oh, cool. uh, speaking yeah. speaking on so taking walks to think about ones you love. We have a question from uh, ex co host Pat Fox. Oh, who who I believe is now in the room. <laughs> Uh, JJ, he asks, will we last? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I actually, I want to hear your guys' answer on this one. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's putting us on the spot. I will take it. Yes, absolutely. No doubt in my mind. Of all the people that seem like the most natural fit, it it seems like you two are are right at the top of that list. Aw. Yeah, shout out to Emma. Well, yeah. People that I know, you know, I'm thinking of like friends and, you know, coworkers yeah. and people that I've met. 
Um, yes, absolutely, absolutely at the top there. Have no doubt in my mind. It's of the the like your two personalities fit together like nothing else. I think. I love that. Here's the thing, Matt. I wonder if he'll have a different answer because he lived with us and he saw the good true, and the bad. True. He saw yeah. us fight. Matt, don't hold back. That's, here. Tr- that's true. I did see that. Um, <laughs> But my answer would still be the same because even after all of that, even uh, like the fact that you can put up with Pat when he's watching sports. Um, <laughs> it's truly like, insane. He's insane. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, he was. Okay, wait, Pat. Yelling. Pat, tell me, tell me I'm not wrong. You at one point either watched all of or watched a recap of Vanderpump Rules so that you could talk about it, right? Me? Yeah. That sounds familiar now that he says it. I watched like. Yeah, like a recap of like the first couple seasons. So yeah. Sweet. Okay. See, he did that. You let him watch the box. Like it's it's a perfect match. <laughs> I do. I will say that's a fault of mine. Well, sometimes I think he can, I, if he wants to watch it, that's great. But he yells. He like oh, yeah. yells, and I'm like, it's terrifying. You guys are gonna think I'm hurting you. Like this is not okay. So I do kind of go like, come on, man. But at, at the end of the day, it's harmless. So. Yeah. I am happy for him. The Braves won last night, apparently. I mean, I couldn't tell based off his screaming. <laughs> yeah, I will say that. If you're watching sports with Pat, you kind of never know if a good thing or bad thing happened. It's very it's very stressful. Last night, he watched Braves and I watched Vanderpump Rules, and it was really nice. Perfect. Hobbies together. It's very good. Yeah, do, do our own thing, but, but apart. This was a question for you, though, JJ, so you do have oh, to answer. Okay. So when Pat asked me to marry him, he literally said, will you marry and not divorce me? And I said, I said duh, yes. Hell so yeah. that's for now. It's still duh, yes. Very nice. So yeah. eloquently. Still, there is a loophole there. You could murder him. I could murder him. He could divorce me. Okay. Oh, I never yeah. made him promise that. But I mean, when's he ever going to have it this good again? You know? I mean, come on. True. Come on. I love analyzing my relationship. <laughs> live on a podcast too. Very good. Yeah. Or not live, I suppose, but you know, on a podcast. This is live in a way. Yeah. It's live right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, do you have anything you want to say? He just shook his head. He doesn't want to be a part of this. Sad. Sick. It's not know. very supportive. I'm glad I showed the world that your fantasy football name last year was Boner Jams. <laughs> True. Boner Jams 92. He changes it every week, right? He changes his like display name. It was his permanent at like handle. Was oh. That week, the week he beat me, it was Fable's favorite. And that just kind of twisted the knife a little bit more. Fable's favorite. I mean, Pat and Fable did have like a really special connection. You're not wrong. I'm, I'm not wrong. And like, I, I feel like, I feel like Pat loves Fable more than he loves Buck. Fable is way more disciplined than Buck at this point. Yeah, in his Buck life. is not disciplined at all. That dog, I think, if left to his own devices, he he would kill us. <laughs> and it's okay because he's cute. Like I'll allow it, but just let it happen. Monster. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, been going for a good fifty minutes or so. So we'll probably yeah. call it here. JJ, thanks for coming on. Do you want to anything you want to leave the leave the listeners with here? Twitter handle, uh, things to do, anything like that. Because 911 premieres tonight. Or not premieres, there's a new episode tonight, 7 o'clock. So I, Very nice. Yeah, I mean, this was a joy. I loved catching up with you guys. I love that um, 
it, guys, if you've made it through these 52 minutes, shout out to you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, and at this point, actually, because me and Matt are going to do our, like, USF small recap for, like, you know, 20 minutes before this. So if they make it through so far, it'll be at, like, an hour 10 in. So oh, super damn. props, yeah. Whew. Feel free to edit me all you want. That's fine. I don't think there's going to be that much to edit. This is pretty smooth. I don't think I, don't think I even cursed. I think I remember one. Uh, one. See, I don't even know when I do it. I don't remember, but oh, it doesn't. Man. It doesn't matter. Uh, no I sports hate when zone we don't is on. Know exactly when zone. it happens, though, because then it's so hard to like remember to censor. And you have to put the explicit thing. You don't yeah. have to censor it, Matt. It's fine. I think you should just put a blanket censor on all of them. Yeah, just censor just the, the entire episode. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was no sports zone this week. Yeah. Very nice. JJ's no sports zone. Boom. Yes. I need to throw that sound effect in there again. I remember I did that last year. Fun. All right. Thanks a lot, JJ. We will talk to you again in a year. See you then. And not a minute before. (laughs) Okay. Thank you again to JJ for coming on. Super fun talking to her. All kinds of good stuff. 911, books, movies, TV shows. What else did we talk about on there? That was was fun. Vander- oh, yes. Lots of Vanderbump. Lots of Vanderbump. Uh, yeah, really fun stuff. Always loved it. We had a ton of fun with it last year. If you didn't catch our No Sports Zone episode from last season, uh, I th- it was like the fourth episode, I think, of, of our season three last year. So probably sometime September or something. Um, so go listen to that. If you haven't heard it, a lot of fun from last year. And then obviously if you made it all the way through so far uh, in this episode, you heard the whole one this season. So that was a blast. What was that? I just killed a mosquito. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, thanks again to JJ. Really appreciate her coming on, uh, spending the time with us, having some fun during the bye week. And uh, we will we will close it out there. Matt, anything to add before we do our little sign off? Uh, nothing besides stay golden. <laughs>